Hello and welcome to your favourite podcast. Yes, it's another episode of Talking Bollocks with me, your host, Howard H. Smith. I am also known as the singer in Acid Rain, UK thrash band. I also does this here podcast. I also host the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast, and there's another one called The Reducer, a link in the podcast um, description, which is just me asking about with a couple of my mates um, who are creatives from other fields. And there is going to be another podcast coming your way, but you don't have to do anything. You don't have to click subscribe or anything like that. Well, you do if you aren't already subscribed. And if you're not, why aren't you? Get subscribed now. Um, There's going to be another one coming through very, very soon in the next few days after this one drops. Um, And it's called Old Bollocks. And it is a uh, merged... Well, it's it's basically um, two podcasts coming together. It's the... Well, it's the Old Head YouTube channel run by Stephen Ivey. And it's also talking bollocks so what we're going to do is we've got old bollocks coming up for you hey see what we did there yeah we got old bollocks coming up for you that is going to be um dropping into your players it's myself and Stephen covering new releases and a classic album hope you like it so you've got that to look forward to coming up very soon so without further ado Let's get stuck into the news properly. Not like last episode. Let's properly get stuck into this. And first off, unfortunately, the rampant positivity and enthusiasm in my voice starts to dissipate as I approach the first two topics of the news. And that is um, the deaths of Joey Jordanson and, of course, also um, Mike Howe of Metal Church. Um, I mean, one at 46 and one at 55. As somebody who is 51, that is pretty disturbing. But I mean, 46 is no age. I'm sure you're all pretty much, you know, amazed by it. So first off, let's start with Joey. Um, a legendary drummer. I am I am a Slipknot fan. I think their debut is one of one of the greatest debuts ever released. So, I mean, that debut album, go back and listen to it again. It is still ferocious. And bear in mind, it went double platinum. I mean, this is insane what, what Slipknot did. And I've always said that, you know, when it comes to new metal, I just felt they were slightly distanced from it because um, Slipknot are still about riffs. There's still riffs in there, which for a lot of other um, new metal bands there weren't. But anyway, this isn't about the music and this isn't about, you know, genres. This is about losing an awesome drummer, an incredibly talented musician um, and, um, you know, died in his sleep at 46. It's just it just yeah, I mean, this is crazy, just crazy. Um, I mean, you could only feel for his his friends, his family, and and everybody else. Um, has been no comments at the time of recording from um from anybody in Slipknot just posting a black square on their um on their social media. I don't know what the relationship was between Slipknot and and Joey at the time. I mean, he hadn't been in some, since them since twenty thirteen, and yeah, I don't know. It, it seems slightly acrimonious the breakup, but. Even so, um, again, I'm drifting off topic. It is just, it is just fucking sad. And I guess there's no more I can say about that or Mike Howe, um, the metal church singer either. I mean, he appeared on on some of my favourite metal church albums, um, and it's just, yeah, it, it just seems to, you know, two in the same day for fuck's sake, really. 
Um, I, I mean, I am somebody who searches for um, a positive aspect in anything in, in my life. I, I mean, the fact that Joey Jordanson's death has actually made the national news in the UK is somewhat A, surprising, and B, um, kind of cool. Not that this is a, a, a cool thing, but um, it also gives you an idea of just how phenomenal, just the impact that Slipknot have made you know even if you're listening to this and i know there's a lot of old schoolers who really really have no time for them whatsoever and that's absolutely fine but there is just no denying you know their impact on on our genre um and it is just it's yeah it's it's incredibly sad and there's not much really i can add to that um However, what I would like to add is that the new D. Schneider album, Leave a Scar, is out, getting brilliant reviews everywhere. Um, I haven't heard it yet, so uh, you know I can't I can't say any more. But I I did for the love of metal, the original, the first album. I did like that. Thought it was very very cool. Thought it was great to hear D. Like you know, really knocking it out the park on something more contemporary. So definitely worth checking that out. And um, and Dee's been in the news as well. He's just basically been saying, look, you know, censorship is always here. It's never gone away. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, the story is, he, he, you know, he famously was called to testify um, at the US Senate against the proposition to have warning labels on albums deemed offensive in inverted commas. Um, once again, um, he's spoken about, you know, the, the, the rise of censorship and all the rest of it. He says censorship has always existed. People have got to understand that it's never gone away. The first time somebody said or did something, somebody else said, you can't do that. Trust me, throughout time, creative artists, people that push back on censorship and try to push the boundaries, and the people who are behind censorship used to be very uh, puritanical. They would give an inch and then go, you can't go there. And then the creatives kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. That's our job as creatives is to push. And the censors, their job apparently is to push back. And they keep drawing lines and we keep stepping over that line. It goes on and on and on and on and on. The odd thing is that censorship never went away. The pendulum has swung and it's gone from being a right-wing conservative puritanical thing to a liberal hypersensitive social consciousness. And 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 that and and he said you can't say that because it hurts a, it hurts someone's feelings. This makes people feel put upon, and this is insulting. It's becoming very much from the left now, which is very odd. Um, I hadn't really thought about it, but it's you know it is a fair point. It is it is a fair point. It did used to be right right wing puritanical, and now it seems to be more um, left wing, and you know try not to hurt anyone's feelings and link everything to mental health. And look. You know, I've had my mental health issues, as I've been very clear about on this podcast. So I'm not knocking that. But, um, you know, I'm just reporting the news personally. Um, I think D is a top man. I mean, he's, you know, anybody who's willing to to stand in the US Senate and, and defend our uh, our genre when everybody else went missing. Um, yeah, very, very cool. He'll always be a bit of a hero for me, to be honest. So there you go. Not just as a singer, but as a front man as well. I mean... I've told I've told stories here before, haven't I? Yeah, he's just awesome. And also, by the way, Mordred, the Dark Parade album is out at the moment. That a, a review of that is going to be coming up in Old Bollocks, coming very soon with myself and Stephen Ivy. There I am plugging it again. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil it by uh, by mentioning anything here. What I am gonna say is what isn't out yet, but I'm very much looking forward to is the new Violence EP. According to Sean Killian, everything felt really natural from start to finish. Awesome. Can't wait. 
He said, um, it was after a show we played with Sacred Reich in Arizona and Phil and I really started talking about new stuff because we're the guys that wrote Eternal Nightmare. We talked about who would want to be involved, made the decision that if we do this, we've got to be sharp, you know? We've got to be tight, we've got to be on it. We were spending time in the studio and really putting in 100%. It took some time, about eight months or so, uh, to get things up and running with regards to schedules, but when it began to take shape and we were vibing off each other in the studio, writing new songs and lyrics, everything felt really natural from start to finish. The album is currently in the mixing stages. Well, it's an EP. And we're really happy with the way it all came out. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but that, to me, is very fucking exciting indeed. Very exciting. I tell you what didn't excite me. What didn't excite me, I am sad to say, was the new Iron Maiden single. Yeah, it's... It didn't really, it, yeah, it just it just really didn't do anything for me. Um, uh, it's called The Writing on the Wall. Um, it's, again, long and proggy. Again, it's got the lifeless, limp Kevin Shirley production. I, it would be awesome if they didn't use him just once, but, you know, there you go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Maiden a maiden. Nothing I say here is going to make the slightest bit of difference as to whether anybody listening actually goes for it. But um, uh, I'd really be interested to see what you guys uh, think. You know, they've um, they've out- announced their 17th studio album, Sen- Senjutsu. I think that's um, how it's pronounced. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the writing on the wall, uh, I found myself halfway through the video, to be honest. My mind was wandering. Um, and I've played the song on its own and I've played it through twice and that's that's it really um, it's just kind of yeah it's just sort of passed me by and I, I don't I don't know I, I should be excited shouldn't I new Maiden album you know I mean to be fair apparently it, it was um, it, it was recorded back in 2019 so it, yeah it's that's kind of mad but you know they've obviously had it held back um and Yannick Gers has done a bit of writing on this album he gets writing credits on two songs I've just noticed that so uh you know I'll skip those two (laughs) only joking only joking only a fool would say he's only an Iron Maiden because he can get his leg up really high and uh and still like still likes wearing stripy trousers but only an idiot would say that, wouldn't they? Um, speaking of which, right here, fucking, you know, metal idiot number one. So that's how it is. That is how it is. Now, the other day, I've got to say, right, I was looking at my Netflix and I was looking at my Amazon Prime and I was thinking, there isn't a TV show that I've been watching obsessively. That's a bit weird. And I started looking for one. And then I just kind of stopped to think about it. Why is it weird that I haven't got a TV show that, you know, that I've got? that I'm obsessively watching. And then I thought, and literally it dawned on me, it's because I've been busy and I hadn't married the two together because it's been so long since I've actually been fucking busy and, you know, since the lockdown and everything else, that I hadn't realised that and instead what I was doing is I was worrying for some reason or like, you know, searching around for for a new TV programme to become obsessed with because that's how I've been spending my time, how I've been passing time for so many months. And because I've started getting busy again, it's been like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, this is life. Remember, this is what things like used to be like. And it just completely snuck up on me. 
And I felt like such a fucking idiot when I realised that I just, it just, I, it, I, it hadn't computed in my stupid fucking brain. Just had to pause a second there for, again, a bit of dry mouth. And why, what am I pausing for? Normally I'd be gulping the water down on the podcast, wouldn't I? Because it was too far away for me, able to, be, for me to be able to reach with the mic. There we go, I'll get the fucking words out. Use your words, Howard. So, um, also, next up in, uh, in the news... Ronnie Dio's former wife and longtime manager Wendy Dio has revealed in a new interview in the Ultimate Classic Rock magazine that hologram of the legendary metal singer has been put on the back burner. Yay! Can it be put on the bonfire, please? Or at least the ho- a, a hologram of a bonfire. The hologram is on hold, she said. I don't know if we're going to do that again or not. We went out and we tried it. We did it. Let's still talk. <laughs> There's still talk about doing the hologram, she continued. I don't know. I think that there's so much more that's to come along developing-wise as far as technology is concerned. I just think that the fans would prefer to see Ronnie as being really Ronnie instead of a hologram. Well... I mean, we kind of did say... Well, no, I kind of did say that on the podcast. I mean, obviously, you'd rather see Ronnie Dio than a fucking hologram of Ronnie Dio. That kind of goes without saying, but apparently not, because Wendy has actually said it. Um, But I just want to say, yay, get on me. I am I, I'm I am pleased. I gotta say, I am pleased. And I don't I, I really hope that there is no advances in hologram technology whatsoever and it just stays mothballed, for want of a better phrase, in holograms of mothballs. Um, also, just to mention, and I'm, I'm needlessly giving pub- publicity to this, but Andrew WK is a bit like Kiss for me. Well, he's not at all, but he's just, you know, just a, a shit shit rock and roll heavy metal hard rock elton john wannabe still going on about partying like he's still a fucking teenager he's got to be in his 40s now and i mean did did anybody has anyone out there got does anyone out there own any andrew wk albums I mean, do you know anyone who owns any Andrew WK albums? Do you know anyone who likes Andrew WK? Who the fuck is giving this guy record deals? Who is constantly thinking this is what people want to hear? Is it that record executives fall for the same trick every time they go, look, you know, he's he can play the piano and he likes his rock and there's big choruses and, you know, rockers will like it, metalers will like it, pop fans will like it. It covers so many different genres. He covers so many different markets is what they're thinking. Come on, let's get stuck in. Let's put out another Andrew WK album. And another Andrew WK album comes out and flops. I mean, I just don't get it. Am I in the wrong country? Is that the thing? Is he huge in the States? Is that the, is that the big thing about Andrew WK? That it's like he, he's huge outside of the UK and I've just completely you know, missed it. Right, let's have a look. Um, I did see a story whereby, right, so yeah, he's doing, he's doing a tour. He's doing a tour, right? And it's called New Metal Revival. Oh no, actually, no, he's not on there at all. <laughs> I put, I searched for Andrew WK, I got Andrew W. Boss. Right, okay, forget that, never mind. Um, I just want to know people, you know? I mean, he's just one of those artists. He's clearly not huge, he's not big. That's That much is obvious, but just he's just some fucking piano-playing charlatan. He really is. And I, I'm, any video or song I've ever seen is just him being a dick 
and shouting about partying and that's it that's fucking it it's not memorable you literally listen to it once and it's like in one ear on the floor out the other ear don't need to listen to that ever again it's all surface there's no depth i've listened to it once why waste your time listening to it again it just i don't know i mean am i am i picking on the guy am i wrong i don't think i am I think he's he's fucking useless. But then again, we live in a world where Kid Rock is a platinum-selling artist. I mean, a platinum fucking knobhead as well. Let's be honest, hey? Fucking hell! Can you imagine Kid Rock if he came? Kid Rock if he came from Yorkshire, which because he's from Texas, and basically Texas is you know Yorkshire is the equivalent to Texas because it's like you know the Lone Star State. Yeah, Texas man. Well, yeah, Yorkshire is you know the equivalent. God's country best place in the world no need to ever leave Yorkshire because we've got everything here say people from Yorkshire who've never left Yorkshire and I can just imagine you know Kid Rock as a Yorkshireman it would just be like "Ay, come on get come got come down to me show at stadium eight hey, tailgates have a have a bloody barbecue have a party outside in car park and get your set in have a few beers hey and you know Get get in there, soak some girls in beer, make them take the t-shirts off. We'll have we'll have wet t-shirt competition. It'll be re grand. Come and see me and my mate Theodore Nugent. Because <laughs> if Ted Nugent was a Yorkshireman, it would be Theodore. It would be Theodore Nugent without a fucking doubt. Anyway, I'm going off on so many tangents here and a bit of dry mouth again. So bear with me. Mm. So. Let's get into the interview, shall we? I really, really enjoyed doing this. Um, Kelly Schaefer, the main man from Atheist, who's also got a um, uh, another project called Till the Dirt, which we are going to be talking about, which I have heard and personally absolutely love it. Blown away. Not hear, not heard anything like this in a long old time. Well, ever, frankly. Um, now we'll start by Kelly and I I mean we do catch up but basically we were supposed to be doing the interview but Kelly's son got taken into hospital um, his little four year old which was obviously terrible to hear Uh, but luckily he was okay but anyway look we're going to be talking about this and it's just yeah it's a great chat Um, atheist for me don't get don't get the recognition they deserve but um, that is you know that, that that's neither here nor there they are still an awesome band and when it comes to you know the history of technical metal of technical death metal of gent and everything else atheists should always be there they should always get a mention it's as simple as that now this is um this interview is about an hour we uh, and we did about an extra 20 minutes for for patrons who submitted questions so if you want to join patreon and be able to do that there's also loads of other features like live podcasts um uh, there's there's radio shows there's extra features honestly there is tons of stuff go to howard h smith uh, sorry, go to patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Uh, click on the full bollocks for $6 a month. You get all of that. It's all listed there. You can also click the support this podcast link in the description. It'll take you there as well. But this is the the main interview that I did with Kelly really, really not that long ago. I do have to mention before the interview starts, if you would like to watch the video, you can go to the Talking Bollocks YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Talking Bollocks, which ends in a Z, or you can click the link in the podcast description that says video interview. Now, here's Kelly and I. 
it's awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank um, you for having me. Oh, an absolute pleasure. But let's let's get to the important stuff before we go any further. How's how's the little man? Um, you know, is he is he over his stay in hospital? He is. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, we had a, a little over a day in the hospital, and uh, you know, it's like when you first go in, you don't you know because kids can't really tell you uh exactly what where it's hurting you know he just had this like a really major stomach issue he couldn't keep any food down or any any drink and that went on for a couple days before we took him to the hospital and then you know the the very first thing they do is go into all the worst things so they're like uh you know we think maybe his intestines are have collapsed inside of each other uh could be an appendix you know and so we're just so when i made my post i was just like oh come on you know, he's such a good little dude, you know, and he doesn't need that crap in his life. So turns out it was just a really bad stomach bug. And because he didn't eat or drink, he got very dehydrated. So we had to get, put him on an IV and, and get him rolling again. But he's 100% now. So thank you oh, for reaching out. And, uh, you know, for the people out there listening, uh, we were supposed to do an interview together uh, on that day that he went to the hospital. And you were kind enough to, to reschedule and check in to make sure he was good. So tip uh, of the hat. Tip of the hat. Man, look, you know, like I've said, like I said, when we were messaging, you know, health is wealth. And, and yeah, after the last after the last 18 months, we've all had, um, yeah. you know, Christ. We need we, some we... bullshit. So yeah, it was a little scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think all parents get scared. You know, he's four years old. So it's, uh, you know, it's his first trip to to any kind of turmoil. So it was a it was a rough day, but all is well now. And I'm here with like- you. But but by the sounds of it as well, it's it's not it wasn't like oh our little boy is feeling ill we'll go straight to the hospital as you said you know you 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 know it's a couple of days of him kind yeah. of being ill before you yeah, and he just he finally just ran out of gas he couldn't even he just couldn't even move and and it was just like oh this is just not good and and it, it happened while we were in the waiting room we went to kind of a quick care place and uh, at first just to kind of see if if uh, they could do, you know, just run some vitals on him or maybe even hook him up to the IV there without going to the emergency room, just because in Florida, COVID is still, COVID's, you know, back on the rise because people here have, have not been wearing their masks and uh, the whole time, you know, I mean, Florida's been this just complete shithead state uh, with a shitty governor and uh, who, who's just allowed everybody to just run around and breathe all over each other. So, uh, so it's, you know, it's worrisome, you know, obviously the COVID fear, uh, was also there, but I didn't want to sit in that hospital, you know, if I didn't have to, just because yeah. there was a lot, a lot of sick people there. So, yeah, you know, but uh, thankfully all was well and science prevailed. Yes, uh, that's the one, man. That's the one. <laughs> science prevailed. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 yeah, we've got a whole bunch of idiots over here whose whose slogan is "Science isn't science without discussion," and it's like uh, I think you'll find it fucking is. <laughs> it is more than discussed you know like come that's, on man I, it's, so it's, it's, it's discussed by scientists it's called peer reviewing you know yeah. it's like peers re- that's the beautiful thing about science that it has over religion yeah it's like it's <laughs> constantly reviewing itself unlike religion which just says here's something that was written a thousand years ago and speak, Apply it leave it alone yeah, yeah, yeah leave it alone <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's constantly yeah. developing and you know if 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 people didn't understand the evolution of science and we'd still be rolling in model t old cars with little thin tires and uh you know the everything you know evolves and so people just can't seem to understand that because they don't read a lot of people don't read anymore they just yeah. they they hear talking points 
on the news and then they roll with that and they kind of develop it from there and then and then they pass it on to somebody else it's almost like verbal virus it's like a yeah. you know yeah. people kind of talk shit and somebody hears that shit and they change it a little bit to to fit their story and by the end of you know 30,000 people the story's completely a mess and you know yeah. this, here in America it's just a uh, you know I don't know how it is around the rest of the world but it's just a uh, it's nauseating to watch exactly one out of every two people sort of be a denier in science and, and, and battle this whole COVID thing for the whole time. So uh, yeah. that's a, that's a lot of people, you know, you find that, that when it's one out of two people, you find family members, you find a lot yeah. of friends that you've had for a long time, you're suddenly feeling divisive with, you know, about something as simple as, you know, I mean, uh, when we go to school here in America, you have to get shots for the mumps and the measles and uh, smallpox, polio. Um, yeah. Nobody had, nobody had any problem with those, 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 those viruses, those things didn't go away just because, you know, they went away because of vaccination. <laughs> there was no oh, herd, herd immunity for those things, you know, and people just need to do, read a little history and, uh, and then they would, they would understand that these things happen, you know, when you have so many people and, and um, you know, so many possibilities of, of this breaking out, it happens. And when it does, smart minds are the ones you want to listen to, not talking heads on television you know yeah yeah well i look we you know when you turn 50 in the uk you you are offered flu shots every winter well folks flu was the epidemic 103 years ago sure was. so so uh, you know if you don't want to take your covid vaccine that's absolutely fine but it ain't going anywhere anytime soon no, and just keep in mind that you're also preventing the other half of the world from getting on with it. Because, I mean, right now, the only reason, it, not the only reason, but a, a primary reason that, that people that are already vaccinated have to continue to wear masks inside and have mandates on masks is because, you know, the rest of at minimum, if everybody would just get the vaccine, then at least when people do get sick, it wouldn't overflow the ICUs and, and uh, you don't get as sick. And then it becomes yes. very much like the flu. And now after all these years, a lot of people live with the flu, never get the shot. They just tough their way through it. Uh, another thing I think that should be really addressed, that's not being addressed by either side of the water is just your immune system. You know, building your immune system is, is probably the greatest thing you could do just an everyday yeah. diet and, and uh, just eating things that really kind of increase and boost your immune system to also help fight things like this. But uh, what a, what a, what an 18 month stretch, man. What a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, and you know what, that's a really good point. What a, what an absolute pile of shit. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I can. I cannot. I mean, I don't know how like, you know, this is much like when the 9-11 thing happened in America and the towers came down. America was never the same. Uh, you know, the United States was always just, uh, uh, you know, airport flying changed. Everything changed uh, around the world, really, I guess. I, I shouldn't just narrow it down to the states. But but I mean, that's where I see it directly affecting. And, uh, you know, and, and life still is the same. You know, we're still taking our shoes off in the airport because of some yeah. shit that happened a long time ago. So yeah. I don't think that I don't think that life will. I don't think that the meet and greet will ever be quite the same. You know, <laughs> I, I, my meet yeah. and greets won't be anyway, because I'm, a, you know, I like to shake hands and hug and hang out and, and talk shit with people, you know, and uh, it just yeah. it makes it really difficult to be able to complete a tour. Uh, stay healthy uh, with, you know, while hugging all over everybody, all over the place. So Absolutely. I, have to, I have to get into some fist bumping, you know, like yes. that's my new thing. So if you see yeah. me out, we, fist we, bumping. El- elbow bumping get as well. Elbow that's, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's all going on. That's all going on. <laughs> um, so, so look, man, um, 
thank you so much for i'm just going to dive straight in thank you for sending me the thank you for sending me the tilde dirt tracks which thank you for listening oh man i just yeah well we've i I, I wanted to be old school you know i wanted to send it out to like you know quality writers and quality um you know people with quality metal opinions even before you know it come it gets out to the regular people you know the album just got finished just a few weeks ago and and it's nice, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, a lot of my favorite artists, I've read the stories of how they sort of got their music out. And sometimes it's better to, to, to let the people speak before you let the industry speak, you know? Well, and, do you uh, know what? I, I know exactly how you feel because as, as, as you know, um, uh, my band, we, we put out our first album for 29 years in, in, in 2019. And I did exactly the same because the thing is that, or your, your friends, as much as you love them, you you still don't quite either trust their opinion or some of them value their opinion because they're they're not as into the music as uh, uh, as you are. And then and you just want to kind of and then there's the people who who you know have got really good sound opinions, but then they know you and you're not sure if you're going to get the absolute truth. And I, I did the same as you. I found myself kind of like going, just reaching out for like people here and there just to see, I need somebody outside of the group, outside of the inner sanctum, as it were, you know, do you know, uh, do you know Gunnar Sauerman? I don't. I read. I rem- the name. Uh, Gunnar, Gunnar, he's uh, he worked a season of Miss for years. He writes for metal hammer. Ah, um, right. That's yeah, he's, a, he's, yeah, he's just a, he's a great guy. And, uh, and I knew that he was, he was the publicist for the Jupiter album um, back when we were in um, Season of Mist in uh, 2010. And I knew that he wasn't actually, he wasn't a fan of Atheist at all. And I liked the fact that he made no bones about, you know, hey, listen, I'm going to be booking all your interviews and I'm going to be doing all your, you know, all helping you with your press, but I'm not a fan, you know? <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> oh, that's great, man. I love people that are honest like that, you know I mean? Cause yeah, I, absolutely. Hate, I hate getting bullshitted, you know? And uh, so when it came time, when I, when I first started, I got like four songs into this till the dirt thing in my head. I was recording a lot. Of, I did all the demos at home where I was playing all the instruments myself and, and, uh, and then doing the vocals and just d- during the COVID lockdown. And um, my wife was, uh, my wife was still working at night a lot. So I was home with my four-year-old and just, you know chomping at the bit to 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 work on music so um but i would send it to him i would get i would get done at like three in the morning with a song and i knew that it was you know nine in the morning where he was and uh and so i would send him the song and i knew that if it was shit he was going to tell me right away and and i got such a great reaction (laughs) great reaction out of him that uh it, it was inspiring you know it was like it was a very isolated period of time it was three months that i wrote like 20 plus songs and um whereas all i did every day was just focus on that and i would send him and he just you know wow once i sent him three or four songs and i realized okay there's something cool going on with this and then i decided to send it around to my cool friends you know like gene hoagland and and terrence hobbs and you know i sent it out to them just to see if uh because i knew that they would also tell me the truth you know i you know i i I, you know what I, I know I, I I guarantee I guarantee right Gene would have said something like, "Hey Kelly man, that that's pretty cool man. Yeah, I kind I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, gotta love Gene man. Gotta love him. Oh man, he's great. But you know, he he definitely uh you know I've I've sent him things I think over the years that you know I, I had a band called uh, Stones of Madness that he was not you know he was not. There's a lot of people you know Monty Connor is another guy 
that I, that I trust wholeheartedly since, you know, the, the, the late eighties, you know, he's been uh, a really important guy in, in the history of atheist as well. And uh, Borivoy Korean, of course, from Blabbermouth uh, yeah. is another guy that I really, really trust. So sending it out to those guys right away and just kind of getting the initial reaction because they have no problem telling me to stick it up my ass, you know? So I, uh, I, you know, I got a really good reaction from them and that just kind of fueled me a little bit. And sometimes that's all you need as an artist, yeah. just a little bit of a, you know, at a boy and, uh, and then yeah. you kind of keep going, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, um, you know, I, I envy the people, the artists that say they don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's ever really true. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I, I, th I think those guys are full of fucking, full of I kind of do too. I mean, I can't imagine that you don't care what anybody thinks, you know, and if that's no. the case and good for you, you know, but I don't, that doesn't work for me. I, I, I'm looking for, you know, it would be like punching. It'd be like it being in the UFC and punching somebody in the face and getting no reaction over and over again. Like just nothing, you know, like, you know, when you get done with a song on stage, you want to hear a big round of applause. You don't want to hear yeah. crickets, you know, well, it's not, it's, it's not that vain of a thing to, to look for a, Hey, look at this painting I painted and nobody says anything like, that's kind of disheartening. You know, I don't know when you build a building, if you're an architect and you design a building and nobody says shit about it, you know, yeah. I mean, you're going to, you're going to feel that like, Oh, I don't, I don't think anybody likes my architecture. You know, I don't know. Well, well I've, I've always said like uh, any reaction is better than no reaction. If people sure. hate it or people love it. Great. If someone says, Oh, I can take it or leave it. Now that hurts. That's the worst place to be. Yeah. yeah that's the absolute worst place to be. So, and I, and I'll tell you, you know, I've, I've had a couple of people definitely roll in with their opinions until the dirt there, because it's a weird album. And, you know, I mean, I think you've heard, I, I think I said, I mean, it's just not a normal uh, hybrid. Uh, I, I really wanted to do, you know, it's not that I thought about it, but I realized that once it was happening, that there's just really nothing that for better, for worse, nothing else really like it. And, um, you know, you've got these blast beats and this crazy extreme thing happening with this, odd grunge stoner rock vibe on top of it. And, and uh, I don't know, you know what I mean? I, Cause I'm too close to it, but that's been the, the reaction from people is it's like this odd oxymoron of, of styles that somehow works and, well, and I, becomes for me, really catchy. For, yeah. Well, for me, it's like, um, it's like um, atheist having a fight with Mastodon and cannibal and cannibal corpse in an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, you know, it's like a it's like a good old punch up between you know it's like i i mean uh, uh, but hey no, we're talking we're talking about stuff that people haven't even heard yet man i mean this is like right. you know this is just it, i mean i'm i'm i feel privileged to have to have heard it and again thank you very much for 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 sending it across um well, th thanks for listening you know i mean it's really important to kind of you know just see what what people think, you know, that, that actually, you know, listen to still have that, that um, fire for listening to new music, you know, and I got that impression yeah. from, from our chat and, and oh, uh, yeah. so I was ha happy to send it over so you could check it out, but you know, and you can always tell me the truth, you know, I mean, uh, I can take it. I've been, I've been <laughs> insulted by the best. So uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it though, Howard. I, I think it's a, it's going to be really cool. And, and at bare minimum, it's, it's different than anything else out there. And so I've done my part yeah. to, to move the uh, move move the the thing along because there is a lot of stagnant water right now, you know, and and oh, uh, absolutely everything's just you know uh, just so much. One of the greatest things I like about Tilladur is it's very raw, and it's um, you know the vocals I did in one or two takes with a with a handheld fifty eight, 
you know, just, uh, in, in, in a living room in my house, you know, I mean, uh, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not fancied up in any way. It's not, it's not polished. It's imperfect and it's raw and it's nasty. And, uh, and it's the heaviest thing I've ever done in my career. Oh, yeah. So fa- fans of atheist, I think will, you know, will, will appreciate the fact that it's, you know, it's definitely not, I, I found a new gear, so to speak, you know I mean? Where yeah. it has, you know, moments where you can tell like, Hey, you know, because I wrote a lot of the guitar stuff in the atheist music. So you're going to hear, you know, my, my, my harmony sensibilities and things like that are going to come in that are reminiscent of an atheist song, not a song, but just a vibe. And then, yeah. um, but, it, but then, you know, I never, we never used blast beats at all in, uh, in atheist music. So this is a whole yeah. new world for me. And I found a, a really comfortable way of using and appreciating the blast beat. I was a, I was a blast beat naysayer for a lot of years. Me too. So I'm a, yeah. So I got I got to put on a bandwagon hat a little bit, but I feel like <laughs> the, the the only way that you can do that, you know, I'm not doing blast beats the way they've been done. I'm definitely taking the blast beat and now doing something with it uh, structurally in the song by what I'm building around it, so that your ears are able to. Li- I, my hardest thing with blast was always just everybody was going that fast. So when it's, you know, when it's 230 to 250 beats per minute and the vocals are also that fast and the guitars and everybody's going, but if you cut everything else in half on top of it, then all of a sudden your ears will go, okay, I got something to hold on to on the speeding train here, you know, and, uh, and then you throw in some, you know, I think you, maybe you can say better. I don't want to sit and describe it to people, but the clean vocals that I'm using on this album aren't, you know, aren't your sissy boy straight gene fucking hot topic oh no clean vocals you know they're they're definitely more bluesy <laughs> and it's weird when you hear you know a bluesy style in, a, in an extreme setting i think anyway so i don't yeah, know no, no no absolutely and i think and and you know to pick up on something you're saying earlier i, I mean it, it kind of goes without saying because atheist was always um such a groundbreaking band but i'm always i'm always beating the drum here for like you know you know solid thrash albums and I'm, I'm done i'm fucking done you know you can take your your six and seven out of tens it's solid thrash well it's not it's it's not contributing anything it's just you know if, if, if we keep if we if we keep just everybody's just putting out solid thrash albums then thra- yeah. thrash will will do what it did before which is it will eat itself it'll stagnate and it'll die people say that grunge or death metal killed killed thrash it didn't thrash turned the gun on itself because it yeah. just it, it didn't innovate i think and you know that'll be the case with anything um you know there's you know I- I uh, I've had people say to me that they didn't as soon as they heard the harmonies on on this album, the vocal harmonies, um, which, you know, I, I've always said there are moments on on this Till the Dirt album that sound like Alice in Chains meets Gothenburg, Sweden. So there's a lot of black metal vibe on, on the Till the Dirt record combined with moments of Lane Staley-esque kind of vocals. My vocals have yes. always been that way. Anybody that's followed my career will know my old band Neurotica. I, I, I'm not trying to sing like that. That's just the way I sing. And I came out, you know, uh, I started doing that just at the same time that, you know, Alice in Chains came out. So anyway, that's my style, but it's different. But when you, you know, when you put that together, a lot of people are weirded out by that. And any time you try to do something different, you know, um, it takes a minute for people to kind of, you know, get comfortable with it. And, uh, but I, you know, I've, I've, um, we've had some people that say, you know what, grunge killed fucking metal. Uh, I refuse to listen to anything with, with those kinds of harmonies and anything influenced by Seattle. 
uh, you know, and I love old Soundgarden and Tad and, you know, I love that old, the really good part of Seattle, the dark shit, you know, and um, that was always an influence on me, even back when we were touring with Atheist. I love Loud Love and, and shit like that. So I've always liked that out of tune, you know, imperfect, slightly messy, intense, you know, kind of shit. So uh, there's a lot of it on this record and uh, I look forward to getting it, you know, getting it out there. We're, uh, we're shopping to labels right now and fingers crossed. So if you're out there labels, get your checkbook, man, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be a good record, you know, in so, my opinion. One that- well, th- that's interesting because it, so basically till the dirt is, you know, to, to, to sort of tidy up the atheist Wikipedia, which, would have everybody believe that there's a new atheist album about to be released. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Well, so what, well, it's is not, that it's just not, a rumor? No. Well, no, listen, we, we, we're caught in a bit of a contractual scenario with atheists right now. And that's what's taking so long. And I wish uh, I, can, I can't, I can't wait to tell the story of why we're in it and who's causing it because there's a particular person in a particular company that's behind it. And, and, uh, and that's been the, that's been the real delay on this and uh, it's coming to a head in, in in the next few weeks where we'll be able to, to sort of tell the story, but you know, it's very anti-metal to, to be in this business and keep a classic band like ours from making new music because yeah. you did, because you breached contract or you did the wrong thing, you know what I mean? In the deal. So that's all I can really say about it at this point, but yeah. suffice it to say that we couldn't be happier about making a new record and can't wait. And I've got, before I started writing the Till the Dirt album, I wrote three and a half hours worth of atheist guitar stuff and uh, with drums and everything. But Steve will obviously write his, Steve Flynn will, will write his own drums, but it gives him a kind of a, a starting point of what I'm thinking of, which is something we've never been able to do before. <clears throat> so I literally have three and a half hours of really chunky, great, weird shit. And uh, the Till the Dirt stuff came out of that because I started writing a little differently each day. And I was like, oh, these songs aren't atheists, but they're kind of cool, you know, so maybe I'll put some vocals on these and try them out. And so that's how it came about. So it came about very honestly. And I wasn't trying to put a new band together, but, you know, like I said, being stuck at home and, and, uh, and having the ability to, to, you know, the quality of uh, that you can record at, at yeah. home now is really incredible. Yeah, uh, so absolutely. Yeah. So the, the demos for this, for this album, we went on to re-record the entire album and, um, you know, and I was, I was lucky enough to get Steve DiGiorgio to play bass on one song and uh, I got John Longstreth on another and, and Jeff Loomis did a solo. So, it, you know, it all came together with, with you know, actual re-recording of the album, but the demos are really high quality and, and really fun to listen to. And so I look forward to sort of one day when people are used to this record, kind of releasing those demos and, and so people can hear, you know, kind of where they started. But Scott Burns really kind of came in out of, out of the blue, you know, as everybody knows, he's oh, yeah. been, you know, sort of retired for you know, many years, he hasn't done a record in, in probably 25 years. So we reconnected on a, on a friend level through Tim Hubbard, who is a, you know, classic Tampa uh, metal photographer, did all the DSI and yeah. atheists used to do all of our photos. So we've remained friends over the years on Facebook and, uh, didn't, you know, don't hear much from Scott anymore. You know, he went into the software business and, and uh, the computer world and kind of stepped away from everything in metal and uh, step, and was very, you know, angry about the way it played out. And uh, so we were just chatting on the phone. And of course, you know, it was great catching up. And, and I said, hey, man, I, you know, I got some new music. And he was like, oh, you know, kind of like, uh, that's cool. But in his mind, he went on to tell me that he was just like, you know, fuck. And now I'm going to have to tell Kelly his new music sucks. And, you know, we were having such a good <laughs> conversation. We were having such a good conversation. And, uh, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, so I sent him the first few songs and he, he came back like, wow, you know, like this is super different and really, really um, unique. So fast forward a couple more weeks from that and he started working with me on, on all these songs and producing the record. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that's, that's one insane. Of the, what a cool thing, you know, like to yeah. just, you know, it's just great just to chat with him, but to have him come back and, you know, because of the learning curve of, of technology, um, you know, he played more of a role as a producer, as a friend, as a, as a, um, an inspiration to me. So I would send him songs. He would be like, yeah, it's, you know, you know, you're starting to sing too soon or, you know, d- double up the chorus, double up the solo. Um, this sucks. You know, this is not, <laughs> this isn't, this is not a song that sounds like those other songs. This doesn't fit in like, you know, real to me, real producer shit, you know, instead of like yeah. mixing, you know, being a mix engineer and, um, and he's just a guy whose opinion I trust wholeheartedly. His ear is impeccable and he just knows and he's, and there's no bullshit with him. And so I just, I feel like I, I won the lottery in terms of, uh, you know, the way this has all come about so naturally and, and, uh, not, not one second of it was ever thought about or preconceived and, and the way the record was made very spontaneously and very quickly. Uh, I like that as well. Nothing was mulled over for too long. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes you can really... Yeah you know, you end up trying to polish shit, you know, and sometimes yeah. the first, first thing you do is the best thing you do. And that's kind of, uh, that's till the dirt, man. I, I look forward to I'm, people hearing I'm a, it. I'm a big believer in that. I also think it's like, there's, there's nothing worse than not having a deadline because that means you can just, you can never finish. You're just constantly reviewing and you're constantly, and as a, fr- there's a phrase that, um, cause I, I do, um, I've done, stand-up comedy for 25 years as well in between oh yeah yeah in between the in between the band going away and the band coming back i mean I, and i still do stand-up now but having spent That's seven cool. years but there's there's a lot of crossover and one of the phrases that i'm sure you know that we that you use in comedy and writing a lot but it's the same with music which is you know um uh paralysis by analysis you know <laughs> i like you, it yeah you you just if you if you if you do it too much, you know, if you just keep, you're never going to find perfect perfection. It's art. No, no, it really is. And it should be, it should. And if, if it is going to develop, it needs to develop spontaneously in a comedian sense on stage. If you start off telling a yeah. joke and it, it, it develops by the time you do your 10th show, it's going to change a little bit. You kind of, you, you know, your timing Absolutely. changes a little bit and, and, and all those things are really, really, really important in how, how people receive the the humor you know and man i tell yeah. you what i i uh i take it off to you because i it's one of the scariest jobs on the planet <laughs> to be a to be a comedian i think about it all the time like holy shit to walk out in front of, especially like you know a kevin hart crowd or or uh you know you i can't imagine being one comedian walking out in a stadium full of people and trying to keep everybody laughing for an hour well, uh, I, well, I'll tell you what, for a start, I wish I was playing stadiums, uh, but that's not the case. But, but you I, know what, it's probably I, it, a little easier. It's probably a little easier, just like it is musically. You know that yeah. the worst thing in the world musically is to play for 10 people. I could play yes. for 10,000 people and never be scared. But if you put me in front of 10 people and I'm terrified, yeah. I don't want no yeah, part yeah. of it. You know? so yeah, I, never do it... Kar- I never do karaoke either because that, that's just <laughs> terrifying. And people are like, how the fuck are you? you know, how are you a singer? You walk out in front of 50,000 people, but you can't do karaoke in a bar. I'm like, hell no. That is yeah. scary to me, man. You know, four, four guys sitting in the back with their arms crossed. 
you know, and here you are. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, you mentioned, um, you mentioned Jupiter there and, uh, and I've, I've got a, I've got a seize upon it. You know, earlier you were talking about it. I've got a seize upon that because I have to say that, you know, I, I, you know, we, we, we were label, we were label mates for a minute back in the day there. Um, and, um, you know, I, rem- I remember piece of time coming out. Uh, I remember exactly what I was doing. I was working. In Are you shitty- my age? Um, uh, I'm 52 I'm, now. I'm 51. All right. Yeah. So we come from the same, uh, the same yeah. era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lucky so, us. Lucky us. Yeah, yeah. Damn straight, man. Damn oh, straight. Man. We so were I, so I, I remember exactly where I was and the, the job I was working when Piece of Time came out because, uh, funnily enough, I, I was about to go on tour with with um, with Acid Rain and I and like Piece of Time came out and it, that was like my album before we went out touring That's the awesome. album <laughs> and it's just an, an absolutely phenomenal debut. Um, Thank you. But Thank but you. the the thing for me is that Jupiter just came from nowhere, and it's an. I mean, that is a ripping record. That is Thank just you. like such a return. It really I hope, is. I hope that people will. I hope people will. You know, thank you so much for saying it because it's been a tough run for Jupiter because you know we went away for seventeen years and came back and people automatically want to write you off before they even hear one note, you know? And, yeah. uh, well, I like unquestionable presence. Like, Hey, you know what? I, I, those are my children as well, but listen, I just had a brand new baby and it's, it's really cute. You should check it out. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's adorable pinch his cheeks, you know, but I think that much like any atheist album, I've found that in the last two years, uh, since the, since it's been, you know, well, it's, uh, well, coming up on 12 years old now, it takes about 10 years for people to, ingest an atheist record like fully you know it takes almost a generation that's not quite i don't know what determines a generation but but uh, that's been our our mo you know and so i you know that's why i i I think atheist always gets really bad reviews because if you're a a guy at a magazine and you have 10 albums you need to review by the end of the week you're not going to listen you're going to pop in the atheist album and go what the fuck is is that that's craziness uh, all right so and then they're gonna write this review that says yeah i couldn't really remember a whole lot of what i heard it sounds really frantic and crazy and uh you know what i mean and they're not they're not ingesting it you can't listen to atheist one time and get it you yeah. just can't yeah you're not fully get you're not understanding what everything that's happening there's too much happening in one song and um but you know the good thing about it is you know in Prague, sometimes bands will do that for seven minutes like we never do that. We're in and out and on with it, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. so if you can just hang on for three minutes and listen, there's a lot of cool shit going on, but sometimes it takes a few years and that seems to have been the case with Jupiter. So I think that we'll find in, in, in the next couple of years, people will suddenly be like, ding, like, Hey, it's actually that's a really good fucking album. Now the one downside of it is, uh, you know, we were working with Tony Choi for a long time in the early yeah. stages of writing that album. And then he bailed. And so there was nothing we could either have not made the record or we could have, you know, did the record the way we did where the bass was not, you know, as emphasized, but I can honestly say from the bottom of my heart, this is a total truth atheist people that we had the definitive uh, intention of not having the bass be so loud on, on our next record. So upon coming back, you know, we thought it would have been predictable to have, Oh, look, there they are with their loud bass again. And, and, and this. Yeah. so we thought, let's make a really, because, you know, we had a lot of finesse in our, our songs, but, uh, and 
in a piece of time, we had heavy moments. But me and Steve Flynn, especially, we we come from that really heavy old school Slayer shit. You know, we love the heavy. You know, we love the jazzy shit too. But but we're definitely heavy kids, and so we wanted it to be just really vicious and a little more guitar heavy and drums. So it was kind of intended. And so a lot of people, you know, when they listen to it, they go, oh, you know, we don't know who that bass player is. And, and this record sucks because, you know, the bass isn't loud enough. It's like, well, you yeah. know, you're talking about comedy. Nobody wants to hear the same joke two times in a row. You know, we've, well, never, made, we've never made the same record twice as Atheist. So, um, you know, we never will. The next one will be super weird and different than all the other ones do. You know, but, so. but also, but also, there's you know, metal elitists are as are as old as metal, and you know, you you can never please them. So why you know <laughs> why, why why bother? Why even listen? You know, it's just yeah. You just yeah. got to you know. I mean, there's, but again, back to that talking point that you said. You know, people don't people either hate or love. That's okay. You know, yeah. at least you, at least it made you feel something. You know, yeah, and you, 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 you know, but that flatline shit is when you're in trouble. So I don't think that we've ever made a, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never be guilty of making a, uh, a flatline record. <laughs> the next no, one for no, sure so. though is, is going to be fantastic because I feel like short of the original lineup, this is the greatest set of musicians that, that we've ever had. Me and Steve to work with, to, to write around. just, just salt of the earth musicianship, like, we've always wanted since we've gotten back together and these guys are just so damn good and they're all friends and they're from Boston. So they have their own chemistry, you know? Um, right. uh, yeah. So Yoav Ruiz Feingold is the bass player. He's 24 years old, just a monster presence, killer person. Um, you know, Daniel Martinez and Chris Martin on guitar. And, um, and then of course, Steve Flynn, you know, and uh, now Anthony Medaglia, who played drums on the Till the Dirt record is our drummer when we go out on tour with Atheist. So he's in a, you know, if, if anybody saw uh, the, the tour we did with Cattle Decapitation just before COVID, they'll see the quality. He's, he's an incredible drummer. And so, uh, so you know, we're, we'll probably do one song with him on the new Atheist record as well, but the rest will be with Steve Flynn. So it'll be old school right. and, uh, and it's going to be weird and, and, you know, and uh, definitely worthy of doing another, uh, you know, we wouldn't do another record if we did, didn't think we could do something different and, uh, and sort of move it along, you know? So, yes. uh, but yeah, it's a fickle world. This metal world is. You know. Oh yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> but, but, but ultimately for, for a band like, you know, y- yourselves, that doesn't really, I mean, you know, it doesn't really apply, does it? Because ultimately if you're, if you're a fickle kind of fan, I just can't see how you even, discover atheist you even listen to it or or or, or let alone like atheist right. because if, you know if, you, if you're that fickle you know that fickle kind of fan who's like oh i like this one day and i like that the other well atheist is something that is just like you you know it's beyond you <laughs> yeah i think i think if you're a fan of music that ends in core you're probably not going to like atheists. <laughs> 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 so yeah, you know, this, this core, that core, you know, I don't, I don't understand all that, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, but, you know, but I tell you, it's, it's a lot nicer now than, you know, when we first started making this music, uh, yeah. it was, uh, we had no shortage of shitty opinions. I was, you know, yeah. there's far less people that were, you know, sort of graceful and, uh, and appreciative of it like yourself, you know, and uh it was uh, so it's you know it's a, a larger metal world now so it, it feels you know it feels good to be an adventurous painter because people are more <laughs> into adventurous paintings now than they were then you know well also i mean you know we're like we said we're we're, we're not far off the same age and mm-hmm. you know so we, we both remember when there was heavy metal 
and hard rock. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and it was a real there's a real clear line in the sand as well, you know, like you can easily tell the difference between hard rock and then heavy metal. And then from heavy metal, I remember being disgusted and wriggling my nose when people in the early days of thrash and, and even death metal where people would say, Well, you know, they would call it heavy metal. I was like, No, 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 no. Yeah. You know, this, this is not heavy metal. This is, you know, this is something beyond heavy metal. And and uh, you know, of course there was thrash and, th- and you know, we had our own classifications back then. It's important to have classifications, but when they become, I don't know, um co- you know, thrash core, death core, like I don't know, what does that mean? You know, I don't you know, at least with thrash, you knew, okay, it's, it's this, it's this West coast vibe, you know, it's just, uh, it's fast. It's kind of punk Rocky, you know, death metal was obviously darker and gloomier and, you know, you can almost, you know, you could easily sort of classify everything into, you know, three or four different worlds. You know, I always felt like merciful fate was like merc. There are some bands that are just themselves. You yes. Know? Mer- merciful Mer- fate was just merciful fate. <laughs> okay. Mer- merciful, fa- merciful fate were Mer- merciful fate were tool before tool. You know, yeah, it's not, you know, and, and, and speaking of tool tools, another band that's just, you know, that defies a classification. They're just tool. Yeah. You know I mean? There's really nothing else like them. And, uh, but yeah, I like, I like bands like that. You know, if you're lucky enough to, yeah. to, to be that, to be that kind of band, it must feel good, you know, but, but um, so are you guys, are you still, are you still active? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the album came out um, end of 2019 and we, we played four dates. We had a whole tour plan for 2020. Um, So yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, (laughs) next year. Yeah. 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 So, well, we've got, um, we've got Bloodstock um, Festival, which is, which is on. um, That's a great one. Yeah. That's like two and a half weeks away. Um, and that was the very to- first gig that we did after 17 years was Bloodstock, and it was one of the worst gigs. So anybody that was there, I think it was 2006 or seven, uh, and we they they lost our guitars. So on top uh, of having to tr- try to find guitar players and put a band together that that would do a good job playing these songs, and these guys and the, both of the guys played. You know, one guy played an Explorer normally, and another guy played. An, another weird body style and all we could get were like these strat style esp guitars oh and, man! Oh my god man so it was a it was a mess and it was really rough and i'm sure that some people there were you know oh, i waited 17 years to see atheist and then we came out just so i apologize to anybody in blood stop oh, you know well you know it was all right i mean let's say it wasn't it wasn't a train wreck by any means but it certainly wasn't nearly what we had planned for them you know we had rehearsed and and, and have the songs, you know, <laughs> in a much better light than, you know, but I mean, you throw somebody out on a Strat that's used to playing an Explorer, especially this kind of music. And uh, yeah. it's just a different hand I, placement. It's just, you know, and that was probably an hour before we went on stage. So they had no time to get used to it or anything. Oh, so man. Uh, and I, I, I just, and I just <laughs> my favorite part about that show was the, the Benediction guys came to visit us. We toured with them in 93 and uh, oh, always loved brilliant. those guys. And, and uh, it was just great to see them. And we were so happy to see them and we couldn't wait to play for them. And then, uh, once we found out we, that the airport had, you know, we weren't getting our guitars and we were going to have to use these other ones. And I was so embarrassed because I was like, oh, man, you know, it's a little, uh, but uh, they brought us a big jar of really good pot. And so, <laughs> so bless that, 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 Yeah, yeah, that, that, that kind of made well, up for it. Well, it's hard to get pot in, in the UK, you know, so I, actual pot, you know. So uh, Well, I, was, I, I, look, absolutely. And um <laughs> So I've got to ask you, do you, I mean, how's the, how's the carpal tunnel and everything else? Because obviously, you know, you're, you're 
you know, you've you've had to really kind of adapt over the years. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm playing guitar on this Till the Dirt record, um, you know, on the, on the whole record, and, and also Chris and Dan are, are also playing. But uh, if I'm sitting down, I have zero problem. Uh, it's ah, standing, right. it's standing up. As soon as I stand up, it changes the angle of my hand, and just this the pit of my thumb just it's just good. I can't even grip anything, and it's the weirdest thing. Now, you know, I I don't much want to play guitar on stage anymore anyway. I just it's such a pain in the ass, like strings and tuning and. I like I love writing songs and I love playing in the studio and stuff like that. But I don't. Um, I'm perfectly content just running around, yeah. You know, with a with a microphone. You know, it's a lot easier. I can I can roll up to the stage five minutes before we go on. Oh, there's my stand. There's the mic. Good, ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just yeah. I don't. I don't. Um. So so you know, uh, there's been this popular misconception that uh you know that my hand is deformed or it's this it's that. Nothing wrong with my hand. It works good. It's just, uh, you know, it's a way anybody with carpal tunnel can, you know, or tendonitis can tell you there's a particular, you know, especially playing guitar. You know, I think playing the way I did with Atheist and singing and playing those songs back in the day, I think my posture was just terrible. Right, and yeah. uh, and I just, I fucked up my hand. So, but, you know, it's it's fun still just writing and, and watching these, you know, the guys that play now, the kids, they're so much better than me. You know what I mean? Like I... I love watching brilliant young guitar players because these, you know, the kids today are just kids today. You know, they sound like one of those old guys, but they are know, yeah. am- amazing, right? I mean, you can like yeah. shit. They're just yeah. they're almost too good. It's like it's just don't even. It's almost like a, a robot playing guitar. You know, like they're so perfect, and um, you know, so there's pros and cons to that. You know what I mean? Like I really hope yeah. that. Now that everybody, because back in the early days of atheists, people would say, oh, how does this music progress? How does it move along? And I would always say, you know, they got to learn how to play instruments. You know, yeah. it's great that we found this dark, doomy vibe, but, you know, it, it can't keep making Venom sounding records forever. You know, Venom was always real sloppy and it was kind of like, oh, this would be so cool. They would just tune their fucking guitar and and uh, and actually play together. You know, that's how I always felt as a, as a guy who was a fan of Rush and yes, and also a fan of Slayer and Merciful Fate you know i wanted i wanted to hear musicianship with that chunk and and that heaviness you know and uh so now these days kids are so fucking good you know you know bands like animals leaders and uh you know gojira between the buried and me i mean just stunning musical just ridiculous musicianship and uh so now now i would like would like everybody to move towards Right, songwriting. You know what I mean? Like, take all this really intense, crazy stuff, and and I think that's kind of a little bit what I'm trying to do with Till the Dirt is, uh, right? You know, create a catchiness, an element yes. that you can remember within the extremity of it all. You know, and um, yeah. that's my goal these days. Is and I hope everybody else will take all of your ability and now learn how to write a fucking song. Absolutely. You know, I mean, um, well, that's 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 the thing that I'm that I'm you know always annoys me about all of these like you know your, your TV talent shows and all the rest of it. It's like, oh, you've got an amazing voice. Oh, you sung that brilliantly. Fuck that. Write one. Write, write one. That. Yeah. See how write great you are then, you know? song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, sing sing is a ten a penny. You can go. You can find people with amazing voices who are undiscovered, and you can get them to sing these songs, and they will sound brilliant. But yeah. the genius is in the fucking writing of them. Absolutely. You know? And without and, it, then those people would have nothing to sing. 
You know what yes. I mean? They, they, you know, if, if, if all the, the, you know, the poets and the songwriters of the world, and the painters stopped, you know, writing poetry and painting and writing music, then, you know, pe- the people that don't do it, it would be, um, you know, they'd be at a loss for sure. So, uh, but in metal, it's, it's, it's really, it's getting to the point now where it's becoming a parody of itself in some ways, you know, um, where bands are just, you know, especially this breakdown thing. It's like, okay, the breakdown it's it's like i i get it and it it was it was a cool new thing that 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 uh there was a new branch on the tree and and i'll give it i'll give it that and and uh, but uh now what you know like how how many more people are gonna do i always thought that you know when i when i listen to breakdown it's always typically on one string where it's just like you know I, I, now, now take that, take all of your ability and create a breakdown that, that, that's arpeggiated, you know, or, 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 or more, or more complicated or, you know, because you can't just keep going <laughs> like, you know, just come on, man. You know? And, and so it's just, a, it's just old guy annoyance. I'm sure that the 23 year old kid right now is going to be like, fuck you old guy, you know, but, yeah, uh, yeah, listen, yeah, but, but I, I love it. You know, I, I love the fact that they came up with a new style and they, you know, they moved the boulder, man. They pushed the, you know, they, they pushed the needle forward, but, but, uh, you know, I, I hope that in the next 10 years that we get some good songwriting, some good intense, you know, building of songs, you know, think about the Metallica, the difference between kill them all and master of puppets. Yeah. That's what I would like to see and extreme, you know, deathcore and all these kinds of new genres, you know, listen, go back and listen to all three of those records and look at how Metallica grew. Oh, you know, God, I think yeah. that, yeah. I think if, Cl- if Cliff Burton had stayed alive, that growth would have continued. And then, you know, and, and on into, to, to, to everything else, you know, I think that, you know, losing Cliff, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of Cliff Burton on master of puppets, you know, he was really yeah. pushing his style in there a lot. And, and there was just some, you know, some complexity, to, to what they were doing on Master of Puppets. And then everything just went, it just went down Lars, Lars Ulrich Lane. <laughs> Off into, you know, oh, Jesus. You know, Lars is owed his, his day in the sun, but, you know, he's the one that kind of just candied up the place, you know, and, uh, with Metallica. And I think, um, you know, but, 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 you know, that's a good example of, of what, what needs to happen with extreme metal because you can't go any faster. You can't go any faster. You're, yeah. you're two, 280, 300 beats per minute. Great. Well, now it sounds like video game music, you know. It's, uh, well, it, it, real. La- laptop metal. <laughs> That's the one. That's there the is. one. And, 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 you know, and, and, and nobody's playing that shit exactly that way live. No one. No, Ex- no. Except, and, yeah. and that's why, and that's why these kids are using backing tracks. And it's yeah. like, listen, if we're, if we're going to do that, then I'll just make a record and I'll just come sit in a fucking couch and put it, put a stereo in a fucking theater and you guys can all show up and I'll sit on the couch and smoke pot and you can listen to my album. We can listen to it together. You know what I mean? Like that's the, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if yeah. it's going to be, if you're not going to organically perform the music live, then don't call yourself a live band. You know what I mean? Oh. Live is live, you know, and the mistakes are the charm, you know what I mean? But, but when you're, you're two guys and you're making a record and just two guys are out playing and then the rest is all backing tracks. I don't know, man. I just, you know, I don't think that that's an organ. I don't think that's a band. That's not an organic. That's not a live performance to me. No, that <laughs> that know. that is ba- that's basically Pro Tools, and um, I mean, you know, we we've we, we've all got friends who who crew for bands who, you know, sixty seventy yeah, percent of the I, live performance is Pro Tools. You know. Well, see, I, I, oh man, I 
I've, I wouldn't even know where to begin to, to set up a show like that. That seems like walking on a tightrope, like having to stick to a click for, for 45 minutes. Like I can't imagine that songs can't breathe. Like, you know, they've got to be able to like, you know, it's okay to have a click, but you know, sometimes you pull away and then you get back and you pull yeah, away and you yeah. get back, you know, and, and that, that ebb and flow is what reaches your soul. You know, that's what makes it real. That's what makes it, you know, especially if you go see a band live, I want to, I don't want, I want to see them kind of make mistakes a little bit, you know, I want to know that, yeah. all right, cool. They're human. Just like me, because Holy shit, that record's perfect. You know what I mean? Yes. And, um, yeah. And, and it's, it's not, I, I like those, you know, the, slightly out of tuneness, you know, a slightly little different arrangement. Uh, it makes it special. It makes it unique to that, that performance, you know, and, and it's never played the same way twice, but these days, uh, it just seems that, the, no, and I won't say these days because, 90% of the bands are playing live, you know, but there's yes. this contingency of, of young, young guys that are coming out with a lot of back like almost all, you know, it's, it's, I get using, I, you know, listen, I might have to use some in the future, you know, if I really want things to sound like if I want to do something specifically that requires that, for instance, if I had an orchestra, if I, if I did a song and I used a, a 40 piece orchestra, clearly I'm not going to be able to afford to bring a 40 piece orchestra out on, on tour with, an extreme metal tour so yeah i might use some backing tracks you know i mean uh for, for for a song that you know where that played a huge role and for those reasons i think that it's okay you know i mean I but, think but that's okay that's okay because for a start um the audience knows that there isn't a 40-piece orchestra there right but but the audience doesn't know that the guitarist isn't playing that solo you yeah know, the audience doesn't know that that only the vocals are live you know, that's what annoys me because it's it's basically, you know, it it's it's fraud. Or in some or in some instances, the vocals aren't live. You know, and what yeah. you're hearing is fucking these flawless harmonies, but or or, or you know, flawless performances, and then and then you know, maybe the guy's not actually singing, or he's really low in the mix, and the, you know, and the hip hop world does that a lot, and I think that's where that comes yeah. from. You know, I mean, uh, rarely do those guys ever come out and use the same. Uh, loudness of their voice when they, they sing along to their songs. I think, God, it must be so easy. Everywhere you go, your song sounds perfect. Sounds just like the album, you know, like that must be so nice, you know, because if you write challenging music and you try to perform it on a, on a nightly basis, it's fucking hard, you know, to, you, yeah. you want to get, you want to get it, you want to get it to where, you know, uh, everybody felt it, especially if you're an old band like us, you know, people have been listening to this record for 30 years, you know, or some of, some of our music for 25, 30 years. Yeah. It's become just this, you know, so they can hear every little, you know, mistake. And uh, I'm that way, you know, I've, you know, if I go see Metallica, it still bugs the shit out of me the way they play for whom the bell tolls, you know, uh, (laughs) they play, they they don't, they don't let, they don't let that song Groovy, they go instead of this, you know, the bit. I don't know. It's just the way they play it. It says it doesn't sound good into me anymore. And they've lost the the grit of it. You know, they play it too fast. I was just, you know what? It's like too fast. I I just did um I just did a reappreciation of 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 ride the lightning from um for my patrons who subscribe to the podcast, and it's basically it's 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 kind of like you know a commentary of listening to whole album. And the first thing when for whom the bell tunnels came on, um, I just said note 
the pace of the song. Yeah. How slow does that sound? And that's because you've spent the last 20 to 30 years hearing the live version. This is how it is supposed to sound. Yeah, and, and yeah. I prefer it the slower way because it that's how that's what makes that song. It's almost as important as the riff itself to me, the tempo. And when you change it, you know, uh, you know, it's not nothing like, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, it should be clear as a bell to them when they hear that, but it's irritating. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of songs like that where, you know, people change it too much, you know, and yeah. Anyway. But it takes, yeah, I know, I know. Well, yeah, but we've all we've all got our little. I'm just talking bollocks. Can be the theme. And you're you're very good at it, sir. You're very good at it. But so playing live for you is, I mean, you know, I I totally understand that kind of like, yeah. Do you know what? Just leave the guitar to a side and being able to just kind of be a front man so um, and yeah. so you must have you must have been a front man now longer than yeah than you were absolutely. a guitarist in the front man yeah i think that um you know one of the, one of the sort of things that people probably upon listening to atheist for so long probably think that we're a bunch of shoegazers and we sort of are just you know like staring at our shoes and all technical and i like the idea of throwing a little sort of van halen into the mix because people just don't expect that kind of rah-rah and, yeah. uh, and, you know, and some purists might, you know, they might shrug their shoulders and wrinkle their nose at it, but fuck them. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm trying to, you know, uh, I, you know, if I can find a way to pull the crowd in to those songs that are difficult to begin with, if I can help them find their way through it by letting them know that, Hey, it's time for us to fucking, you know, it's time for us to put our fucking hands in the air. You know, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's like, a, yeah. it's like a, a, a band leader, you know what I mean? So I love that. I, I don't, I love not having to play guitar. I can go out and do that. And I've always pictured that in my head, but could never do it. Cause I was playing guitar while I was singing. So there's no, yeah. no way to really get people into it. And, but uh, neurotica was when, when I signed with, you know, and put neurotica together in the, in the late nineties and early two thousands. And, uh, and we got to do Laz Fest tour. That was a big, you know, two and a half months, you know, uh, amphitheaters every day, you know, every day, 20,000 minimum people. And, 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 you know, you're, you better figure it out. You better figure out yeah. how to be a front man really fucking quick. <laughs> so in the, in the early days of Atheist, I was very clumsy and awkward. Um, it was just terrifying in between songs. I didn't really know what to say. And I think we all went through that in the beginning. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I was high, you know, was hiding behind my guitar. So when I had to talk, it was like, oh, but then I just really love now. I just love, the, there's no, I could walk out in front of a million people and feel completely comfortable um, just having a chat, you know, but I could and never that, do comedy. That's... I could not do comedy though. <laughs> but you know what? That's, but I that, wish I, I could. No, but I, I, do you know what? I think that's, someone said to me, because I obviously between songs is like, you know, with my experience and everything else is it's, it's where I flourish. Um, and, and someone, and someone, you know, a, a fellow front person said to me, like, is, is, you know, what piece of advice, you know, if you've got any advice for me about like talking to the crowd between songs, because I dread it. And I was like, yeah, it's one person. It is one person is absolutely it's, right. That's, that's it. it. What's fucking going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you having exactly. a good time? Sweet, sweet, man. We're having yeah. some fucking drinks. Yeah, we're having drinks. Fucking all yeah. right, man. 
we're gonna play yeah. this next song cool cool fucking pow play it you know there you go that's it yeah it's absolutely a, it's, it's like you know anyone uh anyone have trouble getting here i know we did and it's like it completely throws a crowd because they think oh wow this is cool he's talking to me yeah, and it's and it feels nice if you're if you're a person who paid you know forty or fifty dollars to see a band, especially you feel like all right, cool, we gotta talk to me. I hate when bands play four songs in a row and don't talk to me. I want you know, I want I want you, I want to know that you know where the hell you're at. You know, you're in my town. You know, yes. I mean, you're, you're playing in my town. These are my people. These are the people that that I grew up with listening to your music. So fucking say something. Don't be rude. Well, it's, it, well, well. Funnily enough. That's that that exact point is something that's inc- incredibly important in comedy, and it's called it's called connecting. When you first go on stage, you have to you've got about a minute to connect with that audience because if you don't connect, your material won't land because you haven't you haven't developed rapport. You can't just walk on and go. So there's this guy walking along the and it's like whoa 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 don't don't be fucking telling jokes. I don't even know who you are. You know, you have to you you have to develop that rapport, and the way you do it, and it's it's kind of like a cheat. But the way you do it is you kind of like you know you'll make a joke out of something in the venue, or you'll or you'll make a joke about something in the town, or maybe the venue and the town, or something you've seen, or you or maybe you, like you've seen something on the menu that looks like disgusting, and you mention that or whatever. And what it does is people go, even if it's not that funny, ideally it is, but even if it's not that funny, people go. He's in the room. Yeah. He, that's you know, that's I, for us. This makes me think of like how, what an anomaly Andrew Dice Clay was to, oh. to walk to, to literally as a brand new comedian to walk into danger fields, you know, put the cigarette in his mouth, look, and, yeah. you know, light it and spend <laughs> probably a full 60 to 90 seconds, not say a fucking thing to anybody looking like Fonzie. Yeah. Like, you know, that defies what you're, what you're saying, but what you're saying oh, yeah. is actually 99% of the time of the way it needs to be that first minute, super important. But a guy like Dice somehow got around that didn't land well for him in the latter years, but in the early days, that was, that's, and he was just, his first line would be, you know, something horrible. Like this chick was sucking my cock. And it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's his Hick- first hickory, line. Like, Holy. Hick- <laughs> hickory, hickory, dickory, 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 The clock struck two. I dropped my goo and, and I covered up the rest. Bitch. Yeah, I dumped a bitch on the next block. Yeah. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, people are like, what did he just say? Like, that's your first line. Hello. I, nice to meet I, you, whoever you are. Well, that's you know, uh, that. That's uh, that's uh, Kelly Schaefer from Atheist and Howard H. Smith from Acid Rain being cancelled for yeah. reciting <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay material on a podcast. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a very real possibility these days, you know. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, look, I, th- this has been awesome, but and, and it's not quite over, but um, the main interview is, but I've got some questions from subscribers for you, if you can hang cool. on for a couple of minutes. Well, of course, absolutely. My pleasure. Oh man, that was fun. Um, you can tell, can't you? Uh, I mean, we got on like a house on fire. When um, uh, yeah, when the two of us get talking, there's pretty much no one else is going to get a word in. Um, that was so much fun. Uh, the Tilda Durth stuff it is fantastic. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And the fact that there's that there's also another atheist album, like you know, already kind of in the works and already written and that's you know that's going to come out at some point as well it's going to be fucking 
amazing. But what a top guy. I mean, hopefully we both don't get cancelled for <laughs> reciting um, Andrew Dice Clay there. Um, but I, just so much fun. Absolutely so much fun. And um, and by the way, um, the 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 Till the Dirt album, uh, Dirt album, I don't know if this was mentioned in the full interview, definitely in the Patreon stuff, is actually produced by Scott Burns as well. And it's the first album that he's produced for 25, 26 years. So just amazing absolutely amazing really enjoyed that i hope you did too um and if you'd like to um you know submit questions etc join the patreon i told you about it earlier i'm not gonna go on about it again don't worry um but thank you very much for listening uh it's very cool to have you all here as i've always said i love doing this um and you guys you are my 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 greatest asset please do spread the word post links to the podcasts in forums about especially this one i mean this has got to go in some death metal gent and technical metal groups surely um but look i'm i just love doing it and i love the fact that you guys keep coming back keep subscribing keep downloading really really do appreciate it um and and like i said you know more podcasts coming um with all sorts of different angles and all sorts of different stuff so just tell everybody, you know, come and join the party. They're missing out. Come on, tell them to join the party. Um, anyway, look, that really is it. Thank you very much for listening. Um, it's been, you know, an absolute pleasure. Kelly and I had an absolute blast, really did. I hope you have listening to it as well. Um, I'm going to put various links um, in the podcast for you to be able to, you know, find Patreon and things like that, obviously. But it just remains for me to say, um, stay subscribing, uh, come and check a live show out. And one thing I would say is buy those tickets, buy those tickets in advance. Don't wait for things. If you think they're going to be cancelled, you'll get a refund. But buy those tickets, get them in advance because it's going to make promoters and everybody feel a lot easier about, you know, what's going on right now. Because the live music uh, scene is so difficult to predict, obviously. Uh, in these days so if you can support bands in any way by buying tickets in advance that please do that because that is the best way of showing them and promoters that the live scene is is coming back so anyway look thank you very much lovely to talk as always gonna miss you speak you again soon wherever you are whatever you're doing it's been a pleasure being in your ears And there wasn't much swearing on this particular podcast, was there? So, see you next time, you bunch of fucking cunts.